Good morning, and welcome to Lincoln Square Presbyterian Church. We gather here in the presence of Almighty God to come and respond in worship. Uh, and as we do, um, it's a good time to uh, just acknowledge that God is the one who has called us, invited us to re remember him and to respond to the grace we have in, in Christ. And uh, as we begin, I want to encourage you to take a look at your order of worship. There's uh, announcements and information there on the inside cover. There's information about the children's classes that are happening today. You'll see there's a preschool class and children's worship. And also one other note, there is youth group uh, after church. Uh, and so if you have questions, you can talk to, to me or Pastor Eric about that. Uh, also, if you go to the last couple pages of, the, of the, your order, there's, that's where the announcements are. And you'll uh, see some things I want to uh, highlight. A couple things. One is that uh, Kids Week, this is our summer morning camp for kids four years old and above. That's it's coming up on, on June 27th through July 1st. And so if you haven't registered, you know, it'd be great to, to register. You can do that online um, through the weekly email, or you can do it in, on a paper form with Melinda. Uh, also, if you have neighbors or friends or other family members that would be interested, you know, everybody is welcome to come. It's free. It's, it's a lot of fun. It's at Gross Park there in Lawrence, uh, right by Ro Lawrence and Rockwell, and it's a wonderful time. So um, you know, if you have questions, let me know, or Melinda's downstairs teaching children's worship. You can talk to her as well. Also, I'm going to invite Tommy to come forward. He's going to share about uh, our summer day of service and how we can be part of uh, Square Roots Festival over on Lincoln Avenue. All right. So, yeah, just a quick announcement about the Square Roots Festival. For those of you guys who don't know, Square Roots, pretty big deal. Okay, pretty big deal. It's going to be on uh, July 9th and 10th. And so over the past couple of years, it hasn't been a thing because of COVID for, I believe, 20 and 21. It was, it was shut down, but we're back. Square Roots is back. And so Lincoln Square it has a booth set up at the festival. And so we pretty much just need volunteers to kind of man the booth. And it's really simple. We just have, we pass out water. That uh, We have a craft for the kids, and it's a good time. Uh, my plug for the event is that volunteers are getting in for free, okay? So if you guys sign up to volunteer, don't have to pay the entry fee, okay? So yeah, there's a, I have a, a paper sign up right here. I'm going to put that on the table uh, in the front. And then also you can sign up online. There should be a, um, a, sh a spreadsheet going out in the next uh, weekly email. So. Yeah, it's a good time for us to just kind of provide information to the community and really be, uh, you know, welcoming and hospitable to the community as well. Um, yeah, so if you guys have any questions about that, about signups or anything, you can talk to me or, or Chad um, or one of the, the pastors. Thanks. Thanks, Tommy. Uh, one other note, you'll see in your order of worship that this morning we are, uh, have the sacrament of baptism uh, and also we're welcoming new members into the life of the church. And so these are uh, special things we can join together as a church. But as we get ready to come and worship, let's take a moment of quiet uh, to prepare ourselves to come before God. Good morning. Our call to worship is from Psalm 8. Will you stand with us and we'll sing it together. Oh Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your 
O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. You have set your glory above the heavens. When I look at your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars, which you have set in place, what is man that you are mindful of him, and the son of man that you care for him? O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. Yet you have made him a little lower than the heavenly beings, and crowned him with glory and honor. And you have given him dominion over the works of your hands, and you have put all things under his feet. O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the
please be seated. As I mentioned, as I mentioned in the beginning of the service, we have the privilege of um, sacram- participating in the sacrament of baptism and also welcoming uh, new members. Uh, before I invite all the new members to come forward, I want to invite uh, Alec Lohman to come forward, that he can be baptized. Come on up, Alec. This is a special day for Alec, but it's also an opportunity for us to not only celebrate with him, but uh, to remember the gift that God gives us in Christ. Baptism is a, a visible word, something that we can see the gospel. In the waters, we are reminded of life, but water also speaks of new life, of being cleansed and purified. And this is the good news of Christ that Alec is professing faith in, and all of us are invited to embrace as well, that God can do what we cannot, that God can make us clean, not just on the outward, but all to the very depths of our being, can give us new life in places of brokenness and death. And so this is the invitation for all of us as we see this sign. And it's also a chance for Alec to stand and to publicly profess his faith in Christ, to identify with Christ, not his own strength, but in Christ's strength for him. So let's let's pray. Lord, thank you for these waters that you give us that speak of who you are. We pray that by your spirit that you would be at work, not just in Alec's life, but in all of us, that we would see in this water a pointer to who you are and the good news of Christ that you wash sinners and make us clean. That you take those who are broken and give new life. And you do this by your grace and your love. And we give you thanks in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, Alec, I have questions for you to be able to express your faith uh, publicly here. Let me ask these to you. Alec, do you desire to be baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And do you acknowledge yourself to be a sinner in the sight of God and in need of God's sovereign mercy? And do you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ as the Son of God and Savior of sinners? And do you embrace him and rest upon him alone for your salvation? And do you now promise with the help of the Holy Spirit that you'll seek to live as a follower of Christ? Amen. Neil, that I may baptize you. Alec, I baptize you in the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, and in the name of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let's pray for Alec. Lord, we give you thanks for our brother in Christ. Thank you for Alec and the work that you've done in his life, not just today, but for the years leading up to this, of bringing him to know your salvation in Christ and the good news. I pray that we may rejoice with him and that you would guard him and and guide his steps. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, I encourage you to have a time afterwards to say a greeting to Alec. Um, But I want to invite all the other new members to come forward. And you can sit over in these chairs over here on the the left side of the front here. 
making it hard for Nathan. <laughs> um, I'm going um, to say a moment about what membership means. Um, but let me, let me also just take a moment, though, to, to introduce folks. As I already mentioned, this is Alec Lohman. This is Terry Zimmerman and Peter and Elin Norberg, and then Corinne and Brendan Rollins. We're very thankful that you guys are part of the church and that we can receive you as members today. Uh, to be a member at Lincoln Square Presbyterian, it really means two main things. One, it's a, a public profession of faith in Christ, to identify with Christ. And as we just witnessed baptism, it is a way to reaffirm your baptism, that your faith uh, is not in yourself, but it's in Christ, and you identify with what he has done for you. So it's first a profession of faith. Uh, the second thing, though, is it's a commitment to live out that faith in this community as part of this people, to, to share your resources and gifts and who you are with this community. And so in many ways, what we say we're receiving or welcoming new members because uh, these brothers and sisters are asking us to receive them and care for them, and we in turn are saying that we do receive you and we do care for you, and we want to live our faith together. So let me, let me pray for us. Lord, thank you for these men and women. Again, we pause and acknowledge that you're the one who has created them, the one who has been at work in their life, guiding them, working faith in their life. And so we rejoice that we can celebrate with them this profession of faith, but also acknowledge that they are gifts to us, that we can live our faith and Christian life together. We give you thanks in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, there's five vows that members take, and so I'm going to invite you to, to stand, and I'll ask you these uh, five questions. You can see them in your order of worship. You can respond uh, by saying, I do. Do you acknowledge yourselves to be sinners in the sight of God, justly deserving his displeasure, and without hope save in his sovereign mercy. Do you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ as the Son of God and Savior of sinners, and do you receive and rest upon him alone for salvation as he is offered in the gospel? And do you now resolve and promise in humble reliance upon the grace of the Holy Spirit that you will endeavor to live as becomes the followers of Christ? And do you promise to support the church and its worship and work to the best of your ability. And you submit yourself to the government and discipline of the church and promise to study its purity and peace. Amen. Well, I'm gonna invite the congregation of Lincoln Square Presbyterian to stand. And as a way to offer welcome, you'll see a congregation of welcome in your order of worship. And let's join together in extending this uh, to our new members. In the name of the Lord Jesus, we as the congregation of Lincoln Square Presbyterian Church receive and welcome you to its worship, work, and fellowship. We pray that all of us, being united in faith, may grow into the likeness of Christ, our Savior. Well, we're going to continue as a way to acknowledge this, that we're going to sing together, and I, I will shake these new members' hands on your behalf, but I encourage you after the service or at fellowship time to, to, to greet them and to welcome them. If you haven't met them, have a moment to meet them as well. Let's sing a song of praise to God. My home. 
join me in prayer. Almighty and eternal God, our Heavenly Father, we come to worship and praise you as the creator and sustainer of all life and our very being. Through your holy word and holy spirit, you have created all things. You revealed your salvation and purposes for us in this world by sending your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Through your Holy Spirit, you give us a share in our new life and your love. May we see your glory and be moved to serve and praise you with our whole person, mind, body, and soul. And yet, Lord God, we often recognize that too often we come before you with half-hearted praise and service. We say one thing with our words and yet with our actions and our works, we reveal our distrust of you and the lack of love that we have for our neighbors. We come weighed down and overwhelmed by the everyday grind of our work, responsibilities, families, and worries. Lord, we pray this morning that you would challenge us where we need to be convicted of our shortcomings, but we also pray that you would comfort us where we need to hear your good words of peace. Lord God, this is a season that often brings change with the end of school years, with the summer break, Lord, for many folks, there's movement of workplaces, travels. Lord, as, as these changes happen in our congregation here, as these changes happen within our own lives, Lord, we pray that you would guide us, that you would move us, and that each and every Sunday you would gather us back here again, that we may honor and worship you. We pray this in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Well, at this time, the children can be dismissed and follow Miss Melinda to children's worship at this time. As we continue to worship, we recognize that we do come into the presence of a holy God who is gracious to us who are often come short in our sins and our brokenness and the good news for us is that we can come to him and bring before to him our confessions so we will do that now publicly and privately and through song will you join me in our confession why do you say my way is hidden from the lord my rights have been disregarded by my god have you not known have you not heard the lord is an everlasting god the creator of the ends of the earth. He does not faint or grow weary. 
His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the faint and increases the strength of the weary. Lord, in our weariness and discouragement, let us remember your word. Even the young shall grow weary, but they will wait for the Lord, will renew their strength. They shall mount up with the wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not be faint. you at this time to take a moment of personal private confession to our gracious and compassionate God.
Merciful God, Lord, even our confessions are weak and frail, and yet you receive us by the, through and by the blood of Jesus Christ and empower us by your Holy Spirit. We thank you for the forgiveness and grace that we have received. We pray this in your holy name. Amen. Amen. Well, will you please stand with me and we'll say these words of assurance together that come from Psalm 118. Out of my distress, I called the Lord. The Lord answered me and set me free. The Lord is on my side. I will not fear. Amen. Well, I invite you now to greet one another as Christ has welcomed and greet us.
Old Testament lesson today comes from Proverbs 8, 1 through 4, and 22 through 31. Does not wisdom call? Does not understanding rise her voice, raise her voice? On the heights beside the way, at the crossroads, she takes her stand. Beside the gates in front of the town, at the entrance of the portals, she cries aloud. To you, O men, I call, and my cry is to the children of man. The Lord possessed me at the beginning of his work, the first of his acts of old. Ages ago I was set up at the beginning, before the beginning of the earth. When there were no depths, I was brought forth, when there were no springs abounding with water. Before the mountains had been shaped, before the hills, I was brought forth, before he had made the earth with its fields, or the first of the dust of the world. When he established the heavens, I was there, when he drew a circle on the face of the deep, when he made firm the skies above, when he established the foundations of the deep, when he assigned to the sea its limit, so that the waters might not transgress his command, when he marked out the foundations of the earth, then I was beside him, like a master workman, and I was daily his delight, rejoicing before him always, rejoicing in his inhabited world, and delighting in the children of man. The gospel lesson is from John 16, 12 through 15. I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will declare to you the things that are to come. He will glorify me, for he will take what is mine and declare it to you. All that the Father has is mine. Therefore, I said that he will take what is mine and declare it to you. This is the word of the God, will of the Lord. Well, good morning again. It's good to be worshiping with you and looking at God's word. Uh, thank you, Matt and Aaron, for reading from the scriptures. Uh, today in the church calendar is Trinity Sunday. It's the Sunday after Pentecost, and it's a chance to remember um, that we worship one God who is revealed in three persons, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And we're going to look at our passage from Romans 5, and in this passage it speaks of God's loving actions for us and in our response of faith. And as it does this, it, it speaks of all three members of the Trinity at work in our life. And so as we read this, there's, there's two questions that I'm, I want us to have in mind. Is, is What does this tell us about what God does? What does God accomplish? And then also then the second question, how do we respond? What is our response to God? So let's look at our passage from Romans 5, verse 1 through 5. It's in your order of worship, or you can follow along in, in your Bible, um, or just listen as I read. Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through him, we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand, and we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Not only that, we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope. And hope does not put us to shame, because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit, who has been given to us. This is God's word, and it's given for our good. 
Well, as I mentioned, as we look at this passage, I want us to the first ask, what is God doing? What are God's actions? And then we'll ask, how do we respond? So let's start with talking about what God does. And what I'm, what I'm hoping that we can see as we reflect on our passage, what I want us to see is that God has acted through Jesus and through the Spirit to give us a new position, a new status, we could call it. We who were separated from God by our sin and our wandering have now been brought into God's presence by his grace and love. And the way our passage speaks of this new position or this new status is to use the term standing. We now stand in a new place. We have a new standing because that's what God has done for us. In order for us to think about our passage and to, to reflect on the standing that we have, there's two words I want us to spend time looking at, the, the word peace and the word access. Peace and access. Since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. This word through is repeated in our passage. It's through the Lord Jesus we have peace with God. Through Jesus, we have been justified. What that means is that in Jesus, we are no longer declared guilty before God. Justified is a legal term. No longer are we declared guilty because of our sin, but through Jesus, God has now actually declared us to be innocent, but more than that, even to be right to be fully accepted. You see, we can ask again, what has God done? He's given us a new position, and in that position is that our debt and our sin has been fully dealt with and removed by Jesus acting for us. And so now we have peace with God, a position of acceptance before God, and this is a gift. It's a gift from beginning to end. As we think about this standing and the peace that is given, I think it might be helpful to, to contrast the idea of standing in grace versus what we might call self-standing. Self-standing. Standing in a gift, something given to you, versus standing in your own contribution. And we should be clear that to be a Christian, to stand in what God has given to you, is to stand in grace, stand in the givenness of God's grace. And that means, therefore, our friendship with God is fully established for us through Jesus. And therefore, that's why Paul writes here that that standing, when we stand in the gift, we have peace with God. For those things that separated us from God have been dealt with. And this is very different than self-standing. Self-standing is a position conditionally based on our work or our acceptability. And I know that we all know what that is like. Right? We, we experience that all the time whether it's in our relationships, 
and work, our studies. You know, what have you done? <laughs> Do you deserve this position or this place that you have? In such a position, standing in our own contributions, our own goodness is always an empty promise. It always brings intense pressure and uncertainty. And it always leads to either one of two outcomes, either despair because I see my failures and my unacceptable nature, whether other people see it or not, I see it, or it leads to pride because somehow I've convinced myself that I, I am acceptable and I'm better than the other people around me. Self-standing always leads to uncertainty, despair, or pride. Jesus told amazing stories or parables, and one of the ones I think that helps us kind of grasp this idea of standing in grace versus self-standing is at the end of the Sermon on the Mount, he gives this story describing how we might respond to him and his teaching, and he he talks about someone building a house. In a sense, asking, you know, where do we place ourselves? Where would we stand? One translation has it this way. Jesus says, my words are not small things. My words are not like small home improvements. They're foundational words. If you trust me, Jesus says, you are like the smart carpenter, the smart builder who builds his house on the rock. Rain pours down, the rivers flood, a tornado hits, but nothing moves the house because it stands on the rock. But if you do not trust my words, or we might say if we stand on our own words, then we're like a foolish carpenter who builds his house on the sandy beach. A storm comes, the waves rise, and the house collapses. You see, Jesus in his work, in this story, in our passage, is asking you and me, where do we stand? Is it on the grace of Christ, this gift and rock or is it on the sand of ourselves and our acceptability? Let us, let us receive the gift. Let us remember that we can stand in a place in which there is peace through the gift and grace of Christ, the work of the Spirit in us. So what does God do? God gives us a new standing, a new position, and it's marked by peace, and it's also marked by access. Access. Again, we see this word through. Through Jesus, we have peace with God, and through Jesus, we have obtained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. What, what do you think of when you hear the word access? Recently, I, I saw an ad, you know, one of those kind of pop-ups on the, the internet and about an all-access pass. 
It, you know, often maybe you think this could be for a concert, you know, go behind, you know, the scenes, or an amusement park, you don't have to stand in line, but this one, <laughs> I thought I'd mention, this was for textbooks, you know, very exciting, all access to textbooks, that students could pay a monthly fee and have all the textbooks they want, you know. So there you go, if you're looking for that, all access pass. But what comes to mind when we think of the word access? Maybe in the ancient world it would have been the idea of that you have access to go into a temple or into the royal court. Maybe we can think about it in terms of entering into a space or being allowed into a certain kind of community. However, we think of whatever comes to mind, access carries this idea of welcome, of belonging, of coming in. And what our passage is saying as we think of God's action is that these words through and the word grace and the word faith, all of them are stressing that we need someone else to bring us in. We need someone else to grant us a welcome, to give us a new status of belonging. You see this question, what has God done for us? What has God done in Jesus that through Jesus, by faith, we now belong to God and with God. And here's the amazing thing that our passage is saying, is that this is not given begrudgingly, but it's given generously to sinners. And here's the other amazing thing. Our access is not momentary, but continuous. There's not a monthly fee that we maintain it, but rather through Jesus, we stand in this grace, this new position, and this new status. And that's why to help us grasp what the scripture uses images, it, it speaks of adoption or of citizenship. This idea that one who was at one time apart, you are outside, that you have now been brought in. And brought in not just as a guest or like kind of a, this awkward requirement, but you have been adopted as a child and now fully a member of the family. Or as a, another way the scripture says it, that you were once a part, but now you have been brought in and made a citizen, that you fully belong, that this is your place, your home. See, what has God done? God's given us a belonging, a welcome, a new position, a new standing that one does not change because it's rooted in Christ. Therefore, we have peace and we have access or connection to God. So what has God done? It's the first thing that we can ask, but this, the second one is then how do we respond? How does our passage speak of our response to this gift, this work of God? And maybe you noticed it says that we rejoice. Right? We rejoice. We rejoice in hope. And we rejoice even in our sufferings. We rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Not only that, we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope. And hope does not put us to shame. 
Well, as we think about this response of rejoicing, even in our suffering, it's, it's worth us pausing and acknowledging together that many of us here have known suffering in the past, or maybe now, right now in the present. We've known the terrible pain of loss, the sorrow of troubled relationships in our marriage or our family or our friendships. We've known the fear and uncertainty of financial questions or lacking. We've known the struggle of illness or the, the longing for good things that seem to never arrive. And so as we read about rejoicing in our sufferings, it's, it's important that we acknowledge together some of the things it's, it's not saying. It's not saying that suffering is good or that it's not painful. Our passage is not telling us that you know, suffering does not change us or deeply impact us. And it's also not reducing suffering down to just a chance to learn some kind of lesson. So what are we invited to do? How are we invited to rejoice? Well, I want to share just a couple thoughts with the rest of our time. First, we rejoice in hope. We rejoice even in our suffering because we trust that our new standing, our new position cannot be changed. That what God has done for us in Christ cannot be changed. In Christ, we boast. We boast our suffering is not the only word in our lives, and it's not the final word in our lives or in this world. We rejoice saying that we are adopted children of God, citizens of God's kingdom, and this status is rooted in Christ and his accomplishments. Therefore, it cannot be changed no matter what one does or says or what circumstances come along. And so what part of our passage is inviting us to do when it says that we rejoice in hope is that we are affirming, no matter the circumstances of our life, we are affirming the power of God is greater than these tribulations. And we're giving thanks for the promise that nothing in life, nor death, no suffering can separate us from the love of God in Christ. And the second thought as we re reflect on rejoicing, as responding to, with rejoicing and hope, even in our suffering, is that we're being invited to seek something more. To say that we were made for something more. What do I mean by that? Well, there is this chain, right, of suffering produces endurance, endurance, character, character, hope, and hope does not put us to shame. And I suggest that that chain asks us, why are we here? What are we seeking? What is a good life? And you and I know that there are all sorts of answers to those questions 
the ones that surround us all the time are things like having a reputation or finding comfort and pleasures or having plentiful resources or success in your workplace or whatever place matters to you. And Paul is offering us here a different foundational answer to this. A different world to walk into the possibility of what if we were here to know God, to learn to love God and to love our neighbors? What if in Christ we learn to patiently endure in what is true and what is good? What if we were made to reflect God, to learn to become persons of, of virtue and character marked by things like love and joy, gentleness and kindness? And what if life was about learning to give ourselves the things that are glorious instead of giving ourselves the things that cover us in shame? Suffering has a way of inviting us to ask this question, what is life about? Thomas Merton writes this, only the one who has had to face despair is really convinced that he needs mercy. Those who do not want mercy never seek it. It is better to find God on the threshold of despair than to risk our lives in a complacency that has never felt the need of forgiveness. A life that is without problems may literally be more hopeless than that one that always verges on despair. A life that is without problems may literally be more hopeless than the one that always verges on despair. And I think our passage is asking us, do we agree with that? Would we agree that it's better to face our need than despair, better to face our need for forgiveness and lack of control than to avoid such realities? Is there something more than a life without problems? I want to suggest to us that Christian character is not rooted in or does not begin when we can handle everything. Or that we have everything right or under control, that we're in kind of a, a safe environment. Rather, it begins in humility. When in faith towards Christ, we confess our profound needs. Our need for help. When we're honest about our suffering and mistreatment, our loss. And when we learn to live for something than other than ourselves. Or look beyond what the world says about success. Christian character is rooted in the humility, often a humility that only suffering can bring, where we are honest about our need, honest about our lack of control, honest even about our shame, and we turn to the God who can give us a new standing through Christ, that we can stand in his grace, not our acceptability. So let us rejoice in this work that Christ has done. Let us remember it 
and find our place in it this day. Amen. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for your word. I pray that it would challenge us, renew us, but it would also lift our heads, that it would meet us in these places of brokenness and shame and suffering to give us a new word and a new hope. We give you thanks in Jesus' name. Amen. Will you please stand with us and we'll sing together.
Almighty God, you alone can bring peace into the ever-changing wills and affection of sinners. Grant us grace to love what you command and desire what you promise. That among the constant changes of the world, our hearts may be fixed on you, where true joy may be found. And now we join with your people on earth and all the company of heaven in the unending hymn. seated. Well, having heard God's word, we're now invited to the table that God sets for his people. Our passage invited us to think about this idea of standing, whether we stand in the gift of God or we stand in ourselves. This table invites us to reflect on a similar idea for our place in God's family at the family meal is not because of our acceptability or what we can contribute what in the past or in the future. Our place here is because of the grace of God for us in Christ from beginning to end. That's why we say that this table is set for sinners. And it's out of the standing of grace that we can remember that this table invites us to examine ourselves, to confess our sin and to repent, and once again to embrace the gospel of Christ that this is who we are, our hope is in his grace, and ask for help that we may walk in his ways. So if you are one who knows that you stand in Christ, if you placed your hope not in yourself but in him, and confessed your sins to Christ in his grace, then come and eat and drink. If you're not yet a follower of Christ, let this table be a witness, a sign for the good news, for the gift that God has given. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for who you are, and we pray that you set apart this bread and cup, and that by your spirit you would use it to strengthen us and to nourish us, to challenge us in our sin, and to bring us to repentance, and to help us to walk in newness of life. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. On the night that he was betrayed, after giving thanks, Jesus took the bread and broke it, saying, this is my body, given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, Jesus took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Whenever you drink it, do so in remembrance of me. For as often as we eat this bread and drink this cup, we proclaim the Lord's death until he comes again. I'm going to invite you to come down, or well, invite the servers to come forward. Uh, and the servers will be up front here. You can come down to two center aisles and receive the elements. I ask that you would hold them till everyone's been served. Uh, you can go back on the sides to your seats. If you're not taking communion today, I still invite you to come forward. Just put your arm across your chest, and uh, I'll offer, uh, one of the pastors can offer you a blessing here at the front. I invite you to come forward now to receive God's element, blessing.
broken, sorry, Christ's body was broken to make us whole. Let us eat in faith. And Christ's blood was shed to cover all of our sins. Let us drink in faith. In response to this table of grace, I invite you to stand that we can pray and sing as God's people. Lord Jesus, you have said, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Therefore, stay with us. Keep us by your faithfulness and kindle great hope in our hearts as we proclaim the mystery of faith. join together in praying the prayer that Jesus taught, taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. You may be seated. We're going to continue worshiping through a time of giving, offering to the work of God. <clears throat> Invite the uh, greeters to come forward with the offering plates. You'll see a note in your order that you can give uh, uh, to the offering plates, or you can also give uh, by text or through the church website. Uh, this is a chance for us to respond to God's generosity. also just want to take a moment to uh, say again, welcome. Uh, if you are visiting with us today, glad that you're here and so glad that you could join us. Uh, if you'd like to leave your contact information to, to be able to follow up with uh, by me or one of the other pastors, um, there's um, welcome pads on the way in at the welcome table. You can fill out your name and, and leave your information there. Also, just a, a reminder that there is a time of coffee and fellowship after the service. You'll see uh, information in the back of your order. We meet over at James McPherson School's playground uh, just around the corner. So hopefully you can join us. It's a great chance to uh, in, enjoy uh, spending time together after the service. And one last reminder is that Tommy's announcement about Square Roots. If you want to sign up, you can talk to Tommy or fill out the form. And remember, you get in free to the festival. <laughs> so um, if you're interested, you know, please uh, fill out. It would be great to have you help. So let's stand now in response to God's generosity and sing the doxology together. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him all
Receive now God's blessing. As the mountains surround Jerusalem, may the love of God surround you now and always. In the name of the Father, Son, and Spirit, amen. May go in peace. Mm -hmm.